was really uh, wonderful to sort of counterbalance some of the harmful rhetoric and language that we heard. Um, This was a very emotional conversation for me, at least. I think... um, I already cried once during this meeting, so just bear with me. It's very hard to say this all tearing up. I'm sorry. I just want to say I love being trans. I love it so much. Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. This episode is going to focus on one subject, and it's going to do that for two reasons. The subject is the Burlington City Council meeting that took place this past Monday. At this meeting, <clears throat> the council passed the resolution, the LGBTQIA supporting resolution that we told you about in detail last week. That resolution is being touted as something wonderful and something that uplifts the LGBTQIA++ community. We will be linking the resolution for you in the show notes so that you may read it yourself. In reality, the purpose of this resolution is to paint a target on my back on the back of Burlington Republican Party Chair Christopher Aaron Felker, my friend, and on the back of this show's producer, Kevin Hurley, and on the backs of our friends and collaborators who have been objecting to the cult takeover of our lives and the psychological and physical destruction of Vermont's children. We, those of us who have been demonstrating against the legalized abduction and mutilation of children that Vermont wants to make legal by calling it gender-affirming care, we are being targeted. As you'll see when we play you video from this meeting, there is a clear political intention to degrade us to the status of vermin. This city is making us what Scientology calls fair game. They are socially degrading us to the status of vermin. There's no other way to put it. Do you think I exaggerate? I assure you that I do not. You will hear later that we have been termed, and I quote, a public health menace. Take a moment to contemplate in what historical era you've heard that phrase before and what the purpose of it was. And I'm not talking about the historical era of the past three years. For this, you have to go back further in history. Before World War II just before. Think about it. Why are we focusing on this? Why is this entire show going to be dedicated to what's happening in Burlington? Number one, we want you in the audience to see and hear for yourself how extreme the liberal, progressive, Marxist cult has become in democratic strongholds. 
We are not focusing on this because it's about us personally. We're focusing on this because it is about what is going to happen to you. If you think that Burlington, Vermont is just a weird little state doing weird little inconsequential things, I implore you to snap to reality immediately. These kinds of nefarious, abusive, and psychopathic political games are being played in your towns and your schools if you're in a blue area. This show is your warning. This is your chance to prepare for the war that you are already in. It's not coming. It's here. The second reason that we're doing this and focusing on this meeting is because, and I say this without hyperbole, I have never seen a more concentrated demonstration of nearly every cluster B personality disorder trait and classic psychological abuse tactic than what I saw at this meeting. This is an excellent object lesson to demonstrate for you in real time what we talk about on this show, what psychological abuse is, how it works, what it's called, how to notice it. And as always, I can't tell you whether any specific individual that we're talking about here has a diagnosable personality disorder. I have my opinions, but what you're going to see is obvious enough that I don't even have to prime you with them. And it doesn't matter. The thing about cluster B dynamics or abuse dynamics is that they are dynamics. They ensnare everyone who is in the orbit of people with these character traits. We've talked about this many times on the show. Like children who are trapped in an abusive household headed by a narcissistic parent, all the people clustered around such a politician or an issue take on roles that, that require them to enact abusive behavior themselves. Even when they're not personality disordered, even when they're not fundamentally wicked, even when they're not unstable. Really, they have to do this if they want to stay safe within this group. Their membership requires them to carry out dishonest and manipulative acts or plainly immoral acts against innocent people. Because if they don't, the wolf will eat them. And nobody wants to be eaten. The people that you're going to see in here tonight are very likely unaware that they are firmly entrapped in a cult. Not a cult-like group, a cult. As much a cult as Jonestown, Heaven's Gate, the Moonies, the Hare Krishnas, the Branch Davidians. Cults are cluster B, our cults are cluster B. We can use different names. We can talk about narcissism, cult behavior, abuse tactics. We're talking about the same phenomenon. Different names, same phenomenological reality. I was a member of this cult, as many of you know. I was a progressive Democrat my entire life until about five years ago. One day about two years ago, my therapist said to me casually in an offhanded way, he was reminding me of, of progress that I'd made when I was having a, a sort of down day. And he said, you extracted yourself from the social justice cult. You liberated yourself. And he's right. I did do that. But when he said it, I was shocked and offended. Did he just say that I'd been in a cult? Me? The intelligent, witty, analytical Joshua Slocum? How very dare he? You see how pride goeth before a fall. Some of you listening may have been cult members, too. 
you may have jumped ship about the same time I did when the insanity became too hard to ignore. Some of you may still be partially in this cult. Some of you may be convinced that there is a kernel of democratic blue goodness or virtue or a, a spark that if you blow on it just the right way, you'll rekindle something good. You won't. There's no safe liberalism to go back to in 2023. This disease is terminal. Something new will come after the watershed, whatever that is and whenever it takes place. What that new thing will be, I don't know, but it will not be the Democratic Party. And we're not going to be doing any funnies in this show. None of our usual theatrics. This is serious. Are you ready? Let's go. The format here is at the city council meeting, the public is allowed to speak. Each speaker is allotted two minutes to address the council. We'll be playing some of the testimony in full, um, and I'll be commenting on it afterward. The speakers here, by number, were overwhelmingly in favor of this pro-LGBTQIA++ resolution and overwhelmingly against those of us who you will hear labeled as bigots, violent extremists, and, quote, a public health menace. There were a minority of speakers who did take our position, and you will hear some of our own people here tonight as well. But don't be mistaken. The people who would see us silenced and stripped of our social standing and stripped of our legal rights have a friend in the Burlington City Council. You will hear that one city councilor publicly called for disaffected producer Kevin Hurley and Christopher Felker to be prosecuted for admitting to placing stickers on light posts. Keep this in mind as you watch, please. The focus of all of this, this whole meeting, revolves around what they are calling aggressive stickering, placing stickers with political messages on signposts. Literally, simply the placement of political stickers, aggressive stickering. I've seen a lot, but the level of hysteria about this surprised even me. It went beyond what I expected to happen. <clears throat> We're going to jump into this, but I want to say special thanks to Brent Kapopoulos for his work cutting and editing these clips for us. Thank you very much, Brent. You should check out Brent's latest article. It's at humanevents.com, and it is about the Burlington City Council and what they've done. He's also the host of the podcast Dangerous Rhetoric, which you can find on YouTube. Let's start at the beginning with Burlington City Council President Karen Paul. Um, during public forum, uh, we make one request of everyone that speaks at public forum, other than keeping to the time limit, and that is that you please use respectful language. Um, would, I'd like to remind everyone uh, who's here in person <clears throat> and online that there are families who watch our council mood meetings live, and, that, and they do this to um, uh, to instill in their, in their kids and uh, in their families a connection to civic engagement. Um, we ask that you think about that when you are making your comments. Um, please direct them to me as the chair and not to anyone else at this table. Please do not personalize your comments. Um, again, we are excited. We are always happy to see a, a large gathering for public forum, and we want to hear what you have to say. Um, and it is a lot easier for us to listen if you speak respectfully. 
speak respectfully. President Paul is a very good example of what I call mommy tone. You're going to hear more of it later. That's what I call the carefully modulated female tone that hovers between the maternal and the seductive. You hear it from almost every female host on national public radio. It's, it sounds like this. It uses the lower register of the voice. It's modulated, and it very carefully controls the pitch range in order to sound soothing and maternal. Let me tell you what President Karen Paul is like in other contexts. Later, you're going to hear from Councillor Joe McGee, the main author of this resolution. Councillor McGee and President Paul sat next to each other at the recent meeting at um, one of the Burlington Elementary Schools about their gender identity efforts. We covered that here a month ago on Disaffected. Councillor McGee was sitting directly in front of Christopher Aaron Felker and directly in front of me. President Paul was seated next to him. Councillor McGee refused to make eye contact with Christopher, even when the situation would have called for it appropriately, even when people were turned around. And I watched him, and he, he was communicating with his body language discomfort and confected fear. President Paul leaned over to him several times, rubbed his forearm, and said things like, Are you okay? You holding up, Joe? You okay, Joe? The game being played here was that Councillor McGee was unsafe because Mr. Felker was seated in the room with him. And President Paul was the good mommy who super cared. Now that we've done the introductions and we've been lectured to about our tone of voice, let's go to the first speaker, whose name is Jess Kell. Welcome. Hello, I'm Jess Kell. I'm a Burlington resident, and I'm a very proud parent of a beautiful and thriving transgender son. He grew up in this community. He had the ability to thrive because of the diverse and, and beautiful people he's been surrounded with his entire life. He's currently out of state uh, in his first year of college. We regularly get texts from him. Did you see the legislation out of South Dakota? Did you see the legislation out of Florida? Did you see what happened in Missouri today? He's terrified as a, as a, as a resident of this country by what is happening across this country. What I invite you to do is allow him to increasingly speak with pride about his home state and his home community, passing mm -hmm. Passing this resolution will give him the opportunity to speak to his classmates and say, look where I come from and look what kind of support my home community offers to me. Thank you. Okay, so what are the manipulation tactics she's using? Actually, the first thing I want to draw your attention to, you're going to hear this with many of these speakers. The last thing she just said, I'm going to say it the way she said it. Thank you. Thank you. Notice this. I have something to say about it later. So Ms. Kell is using a tactic that I call Our Lady of Trans. Yes, it's a reference to the Virgin Mary. She's the sainted and selfless mother. Her child is helpless or, quote, terrified even. 
And it's all because of the bad bigots who made him feel unsafe in Vermont. Another way to think about this is, is to call it mama bearism. Women who present themselves first as mommy warriors are usually manipulative and they usually use narcissistic tactics. Their professed love and concern for their children is an act to burnish their public halo. Notice also the external locus of control that she's proposing. External locus of control means a person who does not take responsibility for their own feelings and their own actions or the things that they say happen to them, but they place that responsibility onto another party who cannot fulfill that responsibility. It's not a reasonable ask. You're going to see this external locus of control in many meetings. Ms. Kell said she call, she's calling on the government to, quote, allow her son to speak with pride. Allow him. She makes government responsible for the emotions of her adult child. The implication is that anyone who contradicts her child or who disagrees with her child, who is in fact an adult now, is doing an abuse to him. Thank you. Our next speaker is Emily Copeland. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, my name is Emily. I'm a Ward 7 resident. I live on Best Haven Drive, and I am here um, on behalf of my beloved trans neighbors and family members who are too afraid to come to things like this right now. So I'm here also trying to model to my two kiddos who are here tonight that this is what you do for people that you love and this is what you do for your community. You come and you stand up against things that are not right. And we are big time Burlington arms walkers and we take stickers down every day. And my kids know all about what the stickers mean and how they don't include all of our friends and family members. And they are seven and 10 and they wanna do better. So I'm here trying to facilitate that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here on behalf of my beloved trans neighbors and family members who are too afraid to come. Do you buy any of this? You shouldn't because it isn't real. What are they afraid of? Nearly the entire auditorium at this meeting is on their side. Here are the manipulation tactics she uses, very similar to Ms. Kell before her, um, but more concentrated. Small, little voice and small, gentle, mommy affect. Thank you. The apparent nervousness and the catches in her voice strike me as chosen and calculated. She's doing Our Lady of Trans. She's doing Look at the Good I Do. She's using her children to brag about how she's modeling good citizen behavior. Notice that she brought her children, her children who are 7 and 10 years old. They're there in the auditorium with her. The very same auditorium that her grown neighbors and beloved trans friends are too terrified to come to. Notice also that she called her children her kiddos. Her children are political props, and she's lying about conversations that she claims to have with seven and ten-year-olds about the content of these stickers. How do I know? 
because I do. They are 7 and 10, and they want to do better. Notice the Black Lives Matters language. Notice what she's doing to her children. She's inculcating white cis guilt. She's emotionally abusive to her children. She uses them. They're puppets. Our next speaker is Olivia Taylor. My name is Olivia Taylor. I am a resident of Ward 7 and I clean stickers. I'm here today in support of the resolution that supports the LGBTQIA community and condemns transphobia. I believe that every person deserves the opportunity to find themselves in a safe and supportive environment. Around the country, right-wing extremists and special interest groups are spending money to enact policies that limit the rights of trans and queer people. In Burlington, there are people who want to make schools, parks, and public spaces unsafe and unwelcome to queer and trans youth. This resolution won't rid our city of hate, but it does show everyone that the city is committed to creating inclusive shared spaces for our queer and trans community. I am hopeful that this resolution will lead to further action and change, and I am extremely thankful for all of you for working on this together. To close, I want to say to every trans person, you matter, you are important, and I will never stop fighting for you. And gender-affirming health care saves lives. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Olivia. So we've got Our Lady of Trans. We've got everyone's mama bear. She cleans stickers. Look at the good she does for her community. We have external locus of control again. We are responsible for allowing people to discover themselves in a safe environment. That's the city council's job. That's everyone's job. No, no, it isn't. That's responsibility shifting. That is what children do. That is what manipulators do. It's not what grown women do. And she indulges in flat lies. She calls us, remember, me, Christopher Aaron Felker, Kevin Hurley, and unnamed collaborators who have been protesting bills in Vermont that would make it easier to surgically mutilate children and permanently sterilize them. We have protested charities that have been set up to fund this mutilation of children. And members of our group have placed political stickers around that say things such as, no one was ever born in the wrong body. That is the level of vitriol and hate on our stickers. They are literally that anodyne. That's the stickers that these people are talking about. Please keep that in mind. She calls us right-wing extremists that want to limit the rights of trans and queer people. Not true. She says we want to make schools unsafe for trans children. What does that mean? Because we're trying to stop the surgical mutilation of children that, that we're making school unsafe for them? I don't see the connection. And of course she ends with, a great big look at the good I do. Quote, I will never stop fighting for you and gender-affirming care saves lives. She's bought property in Stepford. <clears throat> now, the next speaker 
is a former city council candidate named Julie Masuga, and she ups the ante considerably. I don't consider myself trans, but would making myself more masculine make me more of a target? And this was after convincing myself to come to city council in the first place. I've been quiet for some time, though I used to come here constantly and even ran for office. Part of it was just life getting busy and part of it was fear. We've all seen the stickers, the podcasts, the tweets, and then things escalated. Vermont's GOP attacked legislators who were trying to help young people get access to gender-affirming treatments. Shortly after these threats, Fern Feather, a trans person from Montpelier, was stabbed to death. A week later, someone threw a brick through the Pride Center's glass door. Transphobes with cameras harassed people at the Pride March and then came to antagonize and berate children at a charity fire truck pull. They insist that the parents of trans children should be put in prison. They brandish guns in an attempt to intimidate. They try to incite violence and hope with the hope of filming the aftermath. We've encountered many of these incidents, our little community safety group, de-escalating and planning escape routes in the event of a shooting. Every time we do so, we feel our intestines turn to stone. We wonder if our trans family will come home with us that night or if they'd be murdered like Fern was. But we know that the distress of not being able to live as openly trans causes high rates of suicide. Gender-confirming care is one of the least regretted medical procedures that exists, and a tiny fraction of a percentage of people who do detransition do so mostly because it is too hard or dangerous to exist as openly trans in our society. But here we are, with the fear in the back of our minds that the trans folks among us might be killed. The first time I heard someone announce their pronouns, I was confused and admittedly annoyed, but I grew up. I freed myself to wonder about what gender I wanted to be, and it turned out I didn't want to be any of them. I've been threatened, doxxed, and had my home vandalized just for being a supporter, but here I am, with no hair on my head, intestines turned to stone, and so much love for my trans family that I can't help but keep showing up. Thank you, Julie. So much love. Here's the truth. She is straight up lying. And in my view, she is skirting the line so fine of actual actionable legal libel. She actually accused us of brandishing guns at children. That never happened, obviously. But I know that it didn't happen even more surely. Here's why. One of our collaborators in our group is a gun owner and he carries when we did the protest last fall at the outright fundraiser that was raising money to trans children, he handed that gun to me in this studio that you're watching me in right now before the event and asked me to lock it away in our home base so that no one could accuse him of brandishing a gun. I physically took that gun from his hand and I put it into a locked cabinet and I released it to him later. He didn't even have the gun on him. This is how directly these people will lie. She engages in reversal, narcissistic reversal. She claims that she is a target while she's actually targeting us. She claims that Republicans have, quote, attacked children because we have tried to stop them from being surgically mutilated. 
She also uses elision, and you're going to hear about elision in several of these. Uh, Elision, when you elide two things together, is, is when you take two unrelated concepts, but you structure them into a sentence in a way that unless unless the person hearing you stops and goes through it step by step, those concepts become connected in their minds. It's a dishonest move. It's disingenuous. She's eliding the unrelated murder of a man named Zachary Barbeau, who's being referred to as Fern Feather, this man who picked up a psychopath who had just been sprung from a mental institution, a psychiatric facility. He picked him up, got in his car, went out on a country road, and got killed for it. She says that we are responsible for that, not the psychopath, not Fern Feather, who made a terrible, irresponsible choice and sadly, tragically, paid with his life for it. We did not do that to him. We also didn't make his murderer into the psychopath that he already was. This woman, Julie Masuga, is also the woman who stole Christopher Aaron Felker's campaign signs off public property, not off someone else's lawn, not off her property, off public property, so that she could replace them with hers. He caught her red-handed on the street. He walked up to her and pulled them out of her hands while she stood there shocked. She's a thief and a vandal. She claims that gay rights pioneer Fred Sargent, the 75-year-old man who walks with a cane, who was at Stonewall, the riots in 1969, and founded the Christopher Street Gay Liberation March that became the modern Pride Parade. She claims that this elderly gentleman incited violence by going to Pride in order to film the aftermath. In reality, a woman named Erin Leslie assaulted Fred out of the blue. She poured hot coffee on his head. She pulled his signs away from it. She ripped him and she knocked him off the cane, knocked him off his cane to the ground. It's all on video. We've showed it to you two or three times here. The city council and Miss Masuga know that this happened. This is conscious and deliberate lying. Miss Masuga, I have a message for you and it's in your interest to pay attention to me carefully. You forget yourself. And I suggest that you start remembering yourself. If you actually libel me, I'm going to be watching you and I'm going to be listening to you very carefully. If you actually libel me, I am going to turn your life upside down in the court system. I am a former reporter and a former working journalist and I understand libel law. Watch yourself, madam. You are not dealing with the kind of pushovers that your nasty, aggressive, butch attitude usually gets your way with. That's not me. Okay? Now you know. Next up, we have State Representative Emma Mulvaney-Stanick. You will remember her as the politician supporting Senate Bill 37, which I call the Vermont Child Abduction and Mutilation Act of 2023. Former city councilor Emma Mulvaney Stanick as well. I'm state representative Emma Mulvaney Stanick. I represent Chittenden 17, which is half of the old North End into the new North End. And I am a former city councilor. I served about 10 years ago in this body. And this resolution you have before you is so important. I don't think I've actually been here since I served on council. And it is that important that I decided to show up tonight to show solidarity to the trans and queer community of Burlington, but beyond Burlington um, throughout the state of Vermont. I'd also like to acknowledge, because a lot of these stickers are showing up inside my district in 17, I'd like to really um, lift up the allyship and the expression of allyship by numerous community members who have removed stickers constantly for over two years now. 
They are showing up in parks, schools, in storefronts, in the Ethan Allen shopping plaza. They're everywhere, and they're persistent. For safe and inclusive communities, what, we, what it requires is consistent action by allies, consistent action, and public expression of support. And I'm glad to see this resolution today and, those, and almost all the councils signing on to that resolution because it acknowledges the importance of the existence of these individuals, our neighbors, our community members, our family members. And when necessary, we must require enforcement of local, state, and national laws. As other speakers have mentioned, there is growing attacks on the LGBTQIA plus community, not just today, but has been growing for years. And there, is, uh, there are hate crimes and proposed and enacted legislation growing around the country. Acts like these stickers are part of this concerted effort to challenge the mere existence of queer and trans people in our country and our state. We must take this seriously. It should not end with this resolution. Um, and we must especially take action when young people are targeted, which we know is happening due to the targeting of schools and youth centers like Outright Vermont. Vermont is not immune from hate, and the state delegation that I serve with are looking into researching our state hate crimes to see what gaps exist and making sure that we can protect schools and places where young folks and minoritized communities convene. It is that important that we work together, and I hope it goes beyond this resolution. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, we have... Our Lady of Trans, she's there to show solidarity. She's there to lift up the allyship and expression of allyship for people who have removed stickers for years. All of this, all of this is about stickers. Stickers. This is what they're calling violence, hatred, violence. They're saying violence. Words have meanings. You notice, you're going to notice this in the rest of it too. This is women. This is liberal white women. Liberal white women gestated, carried, and birthed the trans movement. Emma Mulvaney Stanek is actively creating flying monkeys, the henchmen who do the bidding of the evildoer or the narcissist. She's browbeating people into believing that to be good people, they have to stand up publicly and say the things that she wants them to say about the people that she wants these good things said about. She's also performing Look at the Good I Do. This is a very common narcissistic tactic used by progressives and particularly women. Gay men do it as well. It's feminized. That's why. And, of course, she uses elision. She says that our stickers are part of a wave of hate crimes that, quote, challenge the mere existence of trans people. Well, let me clarify this in case anyone is confused. We don't challenge the existence of people. We're not fools. We can see that these people actually exist in the real world and are made of physical matter that we can touch. They're real. They're real people and they have feelings. What they are not is trans, because trans isn't real. Yes, we challenge the very existence of this fictional fairy tale story that you claim is a real identity. It's not real. We do say it isn't real. Suck it up. She wants you to believe that we're actually perpetrating a real world harm on children by refusing to tolerate their mutilation. She pretends that we're doing harm to grown adults because we refuse to tell them that they are a sex that they are not and can never be. 
She implies that she wants legal action taken against us, falsely claims that we are targeting children in schools, her words. Understand what you're hearing here. This woman is deliberately dehumanizing us. She's making demonic caricatures out of us. And she's doing it in the hope that people will believe it and hopefully do something about it. You don't need imagination to know what she's doing. It's that bad. And again, thank you. Notice that. Why, do I, why am I harping on that? Because liberal progressives are so tightly straitjacketed into the cult that they have a uniform right down to a linguistic uniform. The very pronunciation of the words is enforced. It doesn't have to be enforced openly. Everyone just knows. Listen to them. They all say it. Thank you. Thank you. It's the same thing as all liberals in the media instantly overnight pretending that the word Kiev was always Kiev, 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 like they'd said Kiev every day. Chicken Kiev. It, it's astonishing to watch, but they slot right into it in lockstep. Next up, we have someone named Kel Arbor, and you, re you may remember her as the, quote, trans man who jumped up and down like a Tasmanian devil in front of our cameras when we protested the outright Vermont fire truck pull. Here we go. I work in Burlington. Too, that's, so. that's okay. My name's Kel Arbor. I use warrior and they pronouns. I work at the Pride Center of Vermont as the director of the health and wellness team. I also came out in Burlington. I was assigned female at birth and in the late 90s, Burlington became a refuge for transgender, non-binary, and non-binary, gender non-conforming people. We are so diverse in who we can be. And Burlington has been a beacon. We've been a mediocre, pretty good beacon. We've been a beacon for LGB people, but the TQI of us are not being served well in this state. I live in Montpelier right now, and I agree with everybody who's saying that the hate is happening everywhere. I see it everywhere. I drive around the state. My neighbors are petrified. I don't move in that fear because that was that fear can't exist in my life. We have to move in liberation and to have that support and that space to be our authentic selves. We need these resolutions to support transgender neighbors and community members and stop this hate speech. The number of people that come to the Pride Center because they have had a traumatic life event. I almost died of an AIDS diagnosis. We are taking our own lives. We are leaving this state for other states because we don't feel safe here. I want us to be better than good. I want us to be who we can be, not just who we are being now. I want us to dream of a space where the youth, their beautiful, diverse, incredible identities that we support them. Our bodies are our choices. We leave the womb and we need other people to help us support our freedom when we're young. We're standing up for all the young people here. We never had that as kids. I'm 45 to imagine that I could have been supported and didn't have to struggle and go through such pain and trauma. But Burlington gave me a safe space. We are not doing that for everybody. And this resolution could help. 
Okay, so for those of you only listening and not watching, you should know that this woman is wearing two face masks, not one, but two. One uh, is the the typical, well, well, I call it a face panty because that's what it looks like. It's made out of sheer fabric. And over top of that, she has another decorative mask that is a bunch of um, fringe. It, it, that, that, it, it, vertical, it looks like um, drying spaghetti on a rack. I mean, the visual picture is just, um, and y- you could hear the histrionics, right? The beautiful, incredible, diverse, the eyes are rolling, her head is rolling around. Typical female histrionics that are used often by narcissistic women. Warrior and they pronouns, the narcissism is so obvious it doesn't need further commentary. Um, she says, quote, We've been a mediocre slash pretty good beacon. We've become a beacon for LGB people. She means lesbian, gay, bisexual. But the TQI of us are not being served well in this state. Trans, queer, um, who the hell knows what I means. Maybe it means intersectional. Maybe it means intersex. I want you to concentrate on that. We are not being served well in this state. That's what this is about. All of this. These people are Marxist freeloaders. They're literal Marxists. What they really want is to be paid cash money just for existing. That's what they want. They say it right out. They are communists. They do mean it. They are serious. It's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. They're Marxists. She shows the external locus of control and responsibility shifting that many of the other speakers did. Quote, we need these resolutions to support our trans neighbors, who she says are, quote, petrified. Could have fooled me. There isn't a single day that I can leave my neighborhood on foot or in my car that I don't see at least two or three men, six and a half feet tall, walking around in female prostitute clothes. It's everywhere. You go to Target around here? I don't think I've ever had a cashier at Target who was not a young woman who was either wearing a binder with testosterone frog voice or a mastectomy and a name tag that says Aiden. I'm serious. Come here. Come shop. Tell me what you see on the street here. Petrified indeed. She also uses, of course, emotional blackmail. She claims to have, quote, almost died of an AIDS diagnosis. I, that makes no sense to me. I don't know what that means, and it certainly has nothing to do with us. Quote, we are taking our own lives. That's suicide baiting. It's emotional blackmail and suicide baiting. Very common tactic that you'll see in people with borderline personality disorder. She uses the wounded bird camouflage. She tries to make herself seem small and frightened like somebody's done something to her so that she can elicit a protective response from other people against her enemies. It's really quite something. Uh, Next up, we have, well, um, I'll let him introduce himself. So much. Our next speaker is Aspen Overy to be followed by um, uh, Marianne. Either one, either one will work. Oh, sorry, my bad. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Aspen Overy, and I'm here to speak on, speak on issue 5.07 in support of the queer community. A few weeks ago, I held a vigil for Brianna Gay on the steps of this very building. Brianna is a victim of the same violence that is infecting this country, that is infecting the world, that is, in, that is reaching its tendrils into this city. It's a, it's a violence that is attempting to strip the autonomy, strip the, strip the lives, and strip the dignity of trans people. And I want to say this is nothing new. We have been here before 
in Germany, the Magnus Hirschfeld Institute was the first to have its book, was one of the first to have its books burned. Because of course it was. We, us as trans people, we have the power to define ourselves, the power to reach into ourselves, to reach into the social fabric and craft our very being. And now this bill wouldn't change, wouldn't change anything. This is functionally a symbolic bill. And Burlington needs to do far, far more to be a safe harbor for trans people and the families that, will, that are coming and will come. Uh, but what this does do is send a valuable message and is a message I hope to echo here. That as long as there is breath in my lungs and life in my body, I will fight for my liberation and fight for my autonomy to have control over my own life. My siblings and I have the basic right to dignity and a basic right to live free from the fascists here. We will not go back. We will not be silent. We will not be eradicated regardless of what, the, of what these monsters would like. Trans rights now, trans rights forever. I yield my time. Well, drop the microphone, Aspen Overy. Yes, that's what he calls himself. And if you can't see him, he presents as if he were a woman. He's got long, curly hair. He wears female clothes. This is one of the young men who confronted us when we protested the outright fire truck pull. You may remember him, uh, seeing him uh, standing there and um, basically mocking us, you know, like most of them did. Violence stripped the autonomy and dignity of trans people. Monsters, she calls us. She, she, look at that. This, that, what, what I just did, that is why you can't respect the pronouns. That is why you have to draw the line at reality. Even somebody like me, who is hip to this, look what just happened. I just said she. This is not a game. This is not just being polite. This is brainwashing, and it works. And the, the creepy phrase here, we want to reach into the social fabric and craft our very being. Contemplate that. These are not people who want to be left alone to merely exist and live their lives. They want to take by force everything that is yours, including your thoughts and including your speech, and use it to make themselves into what they think they ought to be. They want to take society down and remake it in their image. Next up, we have the executive director of Outright Vermont, the group who ran a charity drive for trans kids, the fire truck pool that we protested. This woman, her name is Dana Kaplan. She's lied about us several times before. Uh, she calls herself a man, of course. Um, but the rhetoric that you will hear from her is a radical escalation. When you listen, I'd like you to please contemplate that early pre-World War II era that I mentioned at the top of the show, where you might have heard similar sentiments about a similarly disfavored group. Keep that in mind. Hey folks, my name is Dana Kaplan. I use he and him pronouns and I'm Outright Vermont's executive director. I forgot about the time limit, so I'm going to read fast. Uh, for over 30 years, Outright has worked tirelessly to build a Vermont where all LGBTQ youth have hope, equity, and power. In the recent months and years, we've seen a rise in aggressive anti-trans hate. We must understand that these attacks are attacks on our rights, our lives, and dignity, and in the proper context as real and escalating threats to public health and safety. 
A coordinated nationwide effort is underway to erase and disenfranchise trans people. According to the ACLU, 409 anti-LGBTQ bills are currently active in the United States, most of which target trans youth. For Vermont youth, the national landscape forms a horrifying backdrop to the struggles that they face every day in their schools and communities right here. Trans youth have been targeted online by peers and authority figures, singled out for false and defamatory media attention, their identities weaponized by adults who care more about making a political statement than about their well-being. The kids are not all right. The stickers plastered around Burlington's neighborhoods constitute an anti-trans hate campaign, and it's just one more tactic among many that aims to tell Vermont's LGBTQ youth that it's not okay to be who they are, that they are not valued or cared for or allowed to exist. In Vermont, according to the 2019 YRBS data, we know that LGBTQ youth are two times as likely to have been bullied than their peers, three times as likely to have skipped school in the last 30 days because they didn't feel safe safe going to school, and four and a half more times more likely to attempt suicide in the last year. As adults showing up for LGBTQ youth, it means taking visible and vocal action against hate, supporting them in facing day-to-day challenges, and taking decisive action to create communities where they are not only safe, but seen, celebrated, and loved. This moment demands urgency and decisiveness. It's time for the administration and city council to break its silence and show LGBTQ youth that their lives matter and that Vermont is a place where they belong. I want to thank the Burlington City Council for taking up Resolution 5.07 and for LGBTQ youth watching and listening. Know that we are here for you, that you are loved, respected, cared for, and adored for exactly who you are. You are worthy of a world of possibilities before you, and we are here to help you. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Dana. Oh, little children, do you like my gingerbread house? Would you like to peer through my windows of spun sugar? Pull a piece of frosting or a gumdrop from the door. Come inside while I fix you a supper. Hmm. Pure projection and reversal. Hope, equity, and power, she says trans people deserve. Notice the drive for power. This is all about power over. Marxists think only, they think all human relationships are zero-sum power games. And they believe that all other people are as mentally deranged in that way as they are, but it isn't true. Straight reversal, quote, these attacks are attacks on our rights, our lives, and dignity, and in the proper context are real and escalating threats to public health and safety. It calls to mind the line from Captain Kirk, Earth, Hitler, 1938. She uses suicide baiting and emotional blackmail, again, a very common tactic that's used by people with borderline personality disorder. Um going to have our first male speaker here. Um, His name is Mark Montalban. We're only going to play the second half of what he said, but in the interest of transparency and fairness, um, Mark's message was a little ambiguous, but I think what I got from it was that he does believe that transphobia is a real problem. He does say that 
uh, the city of Burlington should become a sanctuary for transgender kids and their families who he describes as fleeing their states for safety. Obviously, we disagree with that. But I'm going to give it to him that he sees the other side, too. He's not only concerned about that, he's concerned about what he is hearing the pro-trans side say about us. I'm a cultural vendor. I do a lot of business and trades in the, in the New North End. And there are people in our part of town who actually would like to eliminate transphobic people who told me that because I am supposedly one of them. I was even called a traitor because I'm considered a heterosexual male. So let's really look at what's going on. There are, I would say, at least a couple hundred people within our city who want to eliminate folks they are in fear of. I will say this is a pandemic, and as in a health pandemic, this city better take this pretty damn serious, because I'm hearing language that those from my grandmother's generation heard in the 1930s. He's talking about language directed at us. Okay. I want you to keep that in mind. I want you to remember he said this to the city council because when we come back to their deliberations later in the show, I want you to remember when they speak that they heard him say that. They know now that there are people who want to eliminate transphobic people. Now, there were many more speakers. Believe me, this is only a representative sample. This went on much longer than we're going to show you on the show today. Um, most of them used similar or exactly the same tactics. I think I counted somewhere between 17 and 19 supporters of the resolution who spoke. Um, and the last one we're going to show you here is to me the most sinister. I ask you to pay very careful attention to her tone, her vocal cadence, her facial expressions, her hand gestures, and her head movements. Hi, Kim. Hi. 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 I'm Kim Jordan. I use she, her pronouns. I am the director of the Safe Space Anti-Violence Program at Pride Center of Vermont. And I am speaking uh, in support of Resolution 5.07. It is a beautiful resolution. It is well-crafted. It included perspectives and voices of people directly impacted by LGBTQ plus hate and harm and silence. And um, I also want to acknowledge that uh, it was created with accountability and support. And visibility isn't always safe, right? And we all wanna be in a place that we feel seen and supported to be who we are. Um, over two years ago at Pride Center, we were alerted to these stickers in the New North End that uh, our non-binary, gender non-conforming trans residents and siblings um, felt minimized their human rights and they felt unsafe. In that two years, escalating hate and harm in our communities, in our uh, country has escalated. And so it is only natural to draw the line that that harm that is happening to folks in other parts of the country is just gonna be here unless this body, this city stands up and says, not here, 
right? That act of visibility of opposing harm and hate is vital. And it might not be able to be legislated away, but it can be loved away. And we need you to stand up and say, not on our watch. Harm and hate, not on our watch. We're all gonna cause harm accidentally, oops, but intent to harm and saying some people are more human than others, it's not okay. So I invite you to pass this resolution as someone who's queer and as someone who works for a statewide organization against hate and harm. Thank you. Thank you. Notice the up talk. Hi, I'm Kim Jordan. I use she, her pronouns. This is a fawning technique to appear harmless, feminine, like a doe. Notice the fixed grin that she has on her face the whole time and the slow and deliberate vocal pacing. The hate and harm and silence. She blows smoke up the council's ass with disproportionate flattery. Quote, it was crafted with accountability and support, and it's beautiful. Notice the way she nods her head vigorously while looking around and smiling at the various counselors, saying, visibility isn't always safe, right? Yeah. This is a, this is a way to compel agreement. You can't actually compel it outright, but that's what she's doing. She over-enunciates in a way that strikes me as, as affecting a, a, a teacherly authoritative look or sound. And this stinger. It might not be able to be legislated away, but it can be loved away. Sentimental, schmaltzy aphorisms work on this kind of people. She's effective before an audience like this. The hand gestures. We need you to stand up and say, not on our watch. As someone who's queer, nod, 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 look, nod, nod, nod. This is stagecraft. You understand that, right? What she's doing is a kind of narcissistic hypnosis of the audience, in my view. She is, she's the cobra. She's a cobra, like in Ricky Tikki Tavi, swaying back and forth. She's the cobra who hypnotizes the snake charmer before he realizes that the tables have been turned. Don't let people like this fool you. Remember that they are aware that they need to appear harmless, they need to appear maternal, and they need to appear loving. They need to look like this to soften you up so that you will drink the poison. It's a, it, it is a form of charisma. She has charisma. It's not at the highest level, but it's skillful enough to work on a majority of people, especially if they're emotionally primed to want what she has to offer. It's a feminized and modulated version of a te televangelist shtick, basically, is what it is. It's cheap stagecraft, but it's dangerous if you think it's genuine. We're going to take a break right now. And I'd like to ask you for your support. Will you help us keep doing this work? We could really use it. There's two ways to support us. Go to disaffectedpod.substack.com or go to subscribestar.com slash 
disaffected. If you join at the $10 level or higher every month, you get access to our private Discord chat server, uh, where more than 300 people are congregating and sharing content and conversations and listening to our backstage recordings. We'll see you after the break. For a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. I know that's a lot to take in. You're going to get a little bit of a break here. There were some people from our side who spoke. And first up is Christopher Aaron Felker. Good evening. Stickering campaigns are common forms of free and political speech. We didn't invent stickering campaigns. We learned them from you all. Hey, it, this resolution I, contains multiple references to so-called transphobic stickers, which made me realize that many may actually not know or be aware of what the written content of these stickers is. These stickers state such controversial phrases such as, I defend women's sports spaces and rights. Listen to detransitioners and no one is born in the wrong body. It is objectively obvious that this is constitutionally protected speech on an area of public concern. To those who demand that government censor, track, and target individuals because they deem their statements to be offensive, know this, we do not censor or criminalize speech in this nation because it offends. That's simply not how this works. Furthermore, the threat of state violence to attack and suppress political speech here is extremely chilling and has been interpreted by members of my LGB alliance as another escalation by this administration. Stickering campaigns are utilized in this very city by such organizations as Black Lives Matter, Copwatch, pro-choice organizations, CEDO, the AFL-CIO, and Ramble, even the transgender community. So if the city wishes to crack down on graffiti, they can crack down on everyone, but they won't. And we are not backing down. Thank you. This is the man that this city wants to see punished. Yeah, I'm going to say this. So many words and concepts have been bastardized by people, stolen, reversed, narcissistically reversed, emptied of meaning, that we are now afraid 
to say some of these things when they're actually happening because we're afraid that we'll get called hyperbolic or histrionic. What the city council is doing and what the members of this alleged community are doing is what it is stochastic terrorism. That which they accuse us of doing is what they are doing. I don't believe that any fair-minded person who watches this show tonight could say that they don't see that. I don't believe any fair-minded person could watch this, and especially after you watch what the city council says in a few minutes, I don't think you can watch this and say, oh no, they're not trying to create an atmosphere where you are physically in danger. They are. They are. They know what they're doing. That's why they accuse us of these things. Almost every single vile and frankly obscene accusation that they've made against us is a description of what they themselves do every single day to us. The next speaker broke the mold too. She happens to be Miss Black Vermont, Karen Sita. Uh, our next speaker is Karen Sita to be followed by uh, Jess Kell. It's Karen, Karen, hey, I'm K-E-R-E-N. Okay, yeah, I see that, I see that, welcome. I'm not a Burlington resident, but this whole state belongs to me, so I can <laughs> speak for the state. And for the people, the Africans that are not here, the Asians that are not here, the immigrants that perhaps don't have the English to, be, to speak up and say, this is not normal. And we are here to fight for people who don't want to normalize the unnormal. Now, I understand we all want to be ourselves, but you know, there are women that are suffering too, that we get to really find a solution for them. I'm fighting for the women that enjoy penises. I'm fighting for the women that enjoy going to dress shops and being only with women and not having to subject ourselves to men or whatever they claim to be. I mean, yes, be yourself. However, why make it law? Why have to force us to follow their will? You know, this is a democracy. That means no one can impose their personal will on you. And, you know, many times, many, many times, this issue is being imposed on us. There are many people, whether they like to admit it or not, you know, for me, I speak the truth because I'm going to do what I need to do in this life, and then I'm going back to where I belong, heavenly places. So I'm just here to do my thing. Now, it's whatever. I'm still a woman. Anywho, the point is, this is the time. This is the time for us to look at what is morally right. I'm a student at the Harvard Kennedy School. We study morals all the time, moral leadership. Are you guys doing what is morally right? Now, Vermonters call me a lot of things. They don't call me religious. Okay, so this is not a religious issue. This is not a whatever they want to claim. This is what's morally right. We are women that want to be women. There are a lot of Africans that are highly uncomfortable with this. There's a lot of Nepali people that are highly uncomfortable with this. A lot of Vietnamese community that are highly uncomfortable with this. But yet they don't have the English or the spunk or the ability to come up and say, hey, we disagree. We don't want our children around this. We don't want our, to, you know, to be subject to this type of stuff. So this is time for our leaders to think about the future and Vermont in general. Yes, we want to be open, but if that means suppressing other people's will to ensure that one other person's will is more advanced than others, then we really have to think about this. Hi, Mario. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Nice to see you. Thank you so much. Yes, girl. Did you see the sour look on those fat white women sitting behind her? They hate this. They hate being recognized for what they are. And what they are is a self-absorbed fetishists. This is a fetish of liberal, unhappy, 
sour shrews. Next up, we have Brent Kapopoulos, one of our very own. Hello. The resolution supporting LGBTQIA plus community members and condemning transphobia is a perfect example of why House Republicans are looking into the weapon, weaponization of the federal government. This resolution invites weaponization of local government. There are a lot of lies built in this resolution and gender ideology as a whole. You claim we are targeting youth. We're extremists spreading hate when that is precisely what you and radical leftists are doing with gender ideology targeting gay kids. This is a stunning narcissistic reversal, the kind of rhetorical tactic common to domestic abusers, psychopaths, and Munchausen mommies. You accuse us of what you are guilty of. You confess to targeting children by projection. You admit your hate by slinging accusations at people who merely disagree with you. We don't hate anyone. We have a problem with the active grooming of children into a cult that insists if they don't surgically sterilize and chemically alter themselves, they're doomed to unhappiness and likely suicide. We reject that false presence premise. As a gay man who protested the outright fire truck pull and the vicious assault on gay rights pioneer Fred Sargent, I find the use of our community's accomplishments over the past 50 years aberrant and offensive. How dare you weaponize gay men's accomplishments in order to advance lies that harm kids? The so-called aggressive stickering, which includes phrases like no child is born in the wrong body and trans women are men, get over it, and lifelong medical dependency isn't kindness, it's a business model, are innocuous statements of observable fact. Further, Radicals, like yourselves, have no problem with threats of violence or personal attacks directed at Republicans, like Christopher Aaron Felker. Violent aggressive stickering is fine as long as it only targets your political enemies. Your hypocrisy is apparent. You support eugenics, sterilizing minors. You support medical experimentation on them. This is Joseph Mengele-level insanity. I invite you all to wake up. Thank you. No, thank you, Brent. And remember, if you want more of that fire, his podcast is called Dangerous Rhetoric. He has a new article out this week on humanevents.com focused on Burlington. It's a really good read. And finally, Kevin Hurley, producer of Disaffected. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead, please. Right there. My name is Kevin Hurley. I'm a 42 year Oh, my apologies. I, I did that. My apologies. Go, go ahead. You should be able to speak now. Okay. Uh, please, name- please start. If we please start over. Go yes. ahead. I, my apologies. That's fine. Uh, my name is Kevin Hurley. I am a 42-year-old gay man. I am also one of the coordinators of the stickering campaign that you, the council, are pretending is what you call transphobic hate speech. This resolution paints myself and my colleagues in Burlington as a hate group, and we know what happens to people in hate groups, don't we? You intend to paint targets on our backs. But of course, you and the mayor are lying. We are not a hate group. It may be inconvenient for some on the council, uh, but the public should know that you are targeting a group of gays, lesbians, and bisexuals only because they refuse to enthusiastically indulge the delusions of a loud minority. This resolution publicly associates us with the murder of a young man who made bad decisions. It implies that because of our speech, Fern Feather is dead. Fern Feather was killed by a psychopath hitchhiker who he chose to pick up, not by anyone connected to us. But that doesn't 
fit your made-up narrative does it. Just like those who tried to silence our predecessors in the gay and lesbian rights movement, you will not succeed. We will speak the truth, publicly and loudly, and you certainly will not custom tailor a graffiti law specifically to, uh, to fit your desire to quiet us. We will continue to use public spaces to exercise our First Amendment rights and to shed light on your lies. I can understand why that makes you uncomfortable. I can and will return to this public forum every other week, if need be, to repeat the truth to you. We are not the ones advocating for the chemical castration, sterilization, and genital mutilation of children. That's you. We are not spreading hate. We are telling the truth, and you know it. Like it or not, no one was ever born into the wrong body. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. You see why we're business partners, right? Yeah. There were two other speakers, I believe, by my count on our side. Um, and I want to thank the viewers, the subscribing members of Disaffected, who joined us privately to talk about this and strategize and who added your voices to this meeting. You didn't have to do that. It's not in your town and you did it anyway. Thank you. Now, after hearing all of this, what do you suppose the city council's deliberations might sound like? Well, here's Councillor Joe McGee. We mentioned him earlier. He drafted the resolution along with Olivia Taylor, whom you also heard earlier. For several years, we have seen increasing hate and violence targeting the LGBTQIA community, especially transgender people here in Burlington, around Vermont, and across the country. This national trend is part of a concerted effort to push queer and transgender people to the margins of our society, to deny them their humanity, and as we see in legislatures throughout the U.S., to legislate them out of existence. There are people here in Vermont who, through hateful rhetoric and protests, have attempted to intimidate and marginalize queer and trans people, particularly trans youth. Here in Burlington, we have seen increasing quantities of transphobic stickers being put up in our public spaces, near our schools, and near spaces that are meant to support and celebrate the LGBTQIA community. We've seen hateful vandalism of the Pride Center when their front door was shattered with a rock. We've seen hateful transphobic protests of Vermont Pride and the outright fire truck pole, events that are meant to be welcoming, supportive, and joyful celebrations of progress, self-expression, and community. We've seen national hate descend upon our school district after Fox News aired a segment about a district DEI workshop on gender identity and pronouns. For years, Burlington's LGBTQIA community, transgender youth, and concerned neighbors have pushed for action to be taken to condemn these this transphobic rhetoric and put an end to the harmful stickers. By adopting this resolution, the council will send a clear message that transphobia has no place in our community. To those who spoke out against this resolution tonight, I ask you to reflect on your rhetoric and your actions and consider taking accountability for the harm you are causing to many in our community. To those who have not felt seen, heard, or protected, I am deeply sorry. Government is at its best when leaders are connected to the people we serve and responsive to any harm being caused. We have failed to address this hate in the past, and while we can't undo the harm caused, we can commit to doing better going forward. This resolution will put into the public record our efforts to launch a citywide campaign for Trans Day of Visibility, which will continue through the month of March, month of April, excuse me, and call for the city to celebrate, celebrate 
Trans Day of Visibility annually on March 31st. Through this campaign, we will uplift and celebrate the voices of trans community members and take action to make clear that Burlington is a safe and welcoming place for all. I wanna take a moment to thank uh, Olivia Taylor for her help in drafting this resolution and all of her work removing uh, stickers over the last several years. And to uh, Representative Emma Mulvaney Stanek for her steadfast advocacy and the many others who have pushed the city to do better to protect queer and trans neighbors. I look forward to continuing this work and I'm grateful for the broad support that this resolution has received and deeply grateful to the many people who came out and spoke in support of trans community members tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Did you hear it? All projection and reversal, a safe and welcoming place for all, except for us, except for sane, normal people. A concerted effort to push queer and trans people to the margins of society. An effort to legislate them out of existence, he says. Pure histrionics, theatrics, emotional manipulation. Councillor McGee would like us to reflect on our rhetoric and actions and take accountability for the harm you are causing to many in our community. Why don't you take responsibility for the lies you're telling, Councillor McGee? Why don't you take responsibility for the utter shit show that you and the city council have put on? Look how he puts the bullseye on our back while he actually lies, distorts the truth, reverses his own side's abusive actions, and places them on us. Next up, we've got City Councilor Perry Freeman. When you watch this, please pay very close attention to her affect and how it changes and how quickly it changes. Thank you, Mayor Weinberger. We'll go to Councillor Freeman. Thank you, President Paul. I was trying to decide how much I wanted to say because, you know, this topic feels emotional for me and the conversation was emotional as well. So I was sort of jotting some things down as you were speaking. Um, I just wanted to thank uh, Councillor McGee for bringing this forward. They did incredible work on it. And um, I just feel really thankful for you carrying that. And also for so many community members who stepped forward, um, who worked on this, who've been working on the issue um, for a long time and also who just came out tonight and spoke. Um, it was really uh, wonderful to sort of counterbalance some of the harmful rhetoric and language that we heard. Um, this was a very emotional conversation for me at least. Um, sorry, <laughs> trying to gather my thoughts about this. I, I, I always feel, not always, but as, around this I feel torn um, just because these conversations can be very emotional, but I feel like um, giving voice to the experience is also really powerful. Um, I think, um, <laughs> sorry. I already cried once during this meeting, so <laughs> just bear with me. Um, I just want to say I love being trans. I love it so much. <laughs> Sorry. 
I was like, oh, this is just going to be a day where I cried. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I love it. And um, it's also confusing sometimes. I think someone spoke to, uh, or s several people spoke to, um, having resources and community for young people. And I know I've spoken about this with some of my colleagues on the council. Um, you know, some, I think I consciously realized that about myself as a late teenager. And, um, but it's so funny to think about um, what uh, things could have been accessible for me as a young person. Um, and, It's very hard to say this all tearing up. I'm sorry. It's funny to look back at myself from younger years and my childhood. And um, it's not me, which is so weird because I think as a person, and some of you probably have picked up on this, I'm really um, strong at being me. I'm, I have a big personality and I like to be me. I love, I, I, I have to come in with a big personality. So, um, it's, it's not that, um, it was like horrible or terrible, but it's just not me. Um, and I think it's so nice to keep figuring out what me is and to be able to live more fully in that. Um, and I'm not someone who has medically transitioned, but I live more days feeling boyish or like a boy um, and experiencing dysphoria. Um, and I want to continue to be able to make choices about my body um, and about my life and to continue to experience what it looks like to feel seen in that identity. And so <laughs> I really did get emotional. Um, I just really appreciate that um, it seems like this will absolutely pass unanimously. And I I just, uh, when these conversations come up, I continue to feel so thankful that we we pass them unanimously. And I just want to extend my gratitude and thanks to the folks around this table and um, your support of this and um, hearing the affirming things that you're saying. It's, it's really, it, it's wonderful. Um, and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone who came out tonight. Um, and I'm sorry for the... Um, some of the comments that were really, they were hard for me to hear and maybe they were hard for others, but um, this is a really meaningful conversation and thank you for the work we're doing as a community on this and thank you for letting me cry. So. Are you buying any of this? If you have, you need to bring your receipt and take it back and get a refund because it's fraudulent. I'm really strong at being me. I have a really big personality. Yeah, you do. This isn't genuine. These histrionics, it certainly is histrionics. But it isn't genuine. It's a performance. There were no tears. This is carefully selected and chosen. Do you know how I know this? First, because I have eyes and a brain. But I know it because I perform too. I'm also a performer. You see me do it every week. I can go from hysterical laughter to deadpan like that. That's performance. It's conscious. I do it because I want to entertain you. 
I'm genuinely amused and I'm genuinely angry about the things I'm amused and I'm angry about. But yeah, I perform for you and I practice. I'm definitely crafting theatricality because this is a show. This, though, is not a show. This is a city council meeting. This is government. She needs an analyst's couch, not a seat on the Burlington City Council. If I didn't know how wicked her actions were, I'd actually feel sorry for her. But I don't. Next up, we have City Councilor Ben Travers. And I want to remind you that all of these councilors, all of them, heard Mark Montalban say that he is hearing from hundreds of people in the district he lives in who want to eliminate transphobic people. Mark Montalban said, and they all heard him, that he was hearing rhetoric that reminded his grandparents of what they heard in 1930s Germany. Rhetoric about our side, not about the trans community. So he knew that. Uh, thank you, President Paul. Uh, I don't have prepared remarks, so we'll try not to ramble on too long, but I do think it's important to uh, speak on this important matter. Um, first of all, but before speaking to the specifics of this resolution, uh, I do want to generally speak to the fact that our ordinances are very clear that defacing public property with stickers, regardless of their content, is unlawful. Uh, and, and we've seen an uptick of this, not only in the harmful and hurtful ways that I think have been rightfully called out by this resolution, um, but we've seen uh, even uh, beautiful artwork uh, as of late around the city uh, be defaced with graffiti. Um, defacing public property with a sticker is, is a civil offense. We've had folks here, I know it's sometimes difficult to know uh, who is behind um, some of these acts, but, but we've had folks here who uh, have identified themselves now as, uh, as those who are um, at fault here with respect to defacing public property. Uh, our, our ordinances allow uh, with this as a civil offense for, for them to be prosecuted as such. Um, and regardless of the content, I would suggest that uh, the city uh, uh, take action with respect to that and, and to that end um, look forward in our role in the ordinance committee um, looking into, as Councillor Barlow said, uh, figuring out how we can, can continue to uh, strengthen those ordinances. Now speaking specifically to the content of this, uh, Councillor McGee, I want to thank you uh, for bringing this resolution forward. I know that it wasn't easy. Unfortunately, I know it comes at uh, personal expense to you. Uh, I think this was very brave of you uh, to introduce this resolution. I also want to echo uh, your gratitude um, for folks who similarly uh, bravely uh, came out tonight uh, to um, speak at, at public comment. Um, you know, as a uh, cis uh, white male, um, I have never experienced uh, someone calling into question uh, my identity uh, or my very existence. And so I cannot begin to personally understand uh, what it must feel like uh, to, to feel that personally. Um, but I do know that, that I, I love and care for people in my life uh, who have felt that. 
um, and I know uh, the world that I want my uh, kids to grow up in uh, is one where they feel safe and protected for whatever uh, identity uh, they choose for themselves. And so, you know, I, I understand uh, we could have debates, and we had debates in law school around the First Amendment and whether uh, it, it should extend to protecting uh, hate speech. And I know that regularly uh, courts um, have um, taken a very broad look with respect to the First Amendment and hate speech. And I know um, that we in all likelihood could not be passing a resolution tonight um, that flat out prohibits uh, the type of stickering that's been the subject of the discussion that we've had right now, because uh, uh, frankly, it's, it's the type of hate speech that whether you agree with it or not um, is protected under our First Amendment. Uh, but the First Amendment doesn't stop us as a city council for calling out that speech for what it is. It, it is, uh, in the eyes of many of our community members, hateful, uh, it's harmful, uh, it's hurtful, and I'm glad that we're uh, taking this opportunity uh, to call it out. So thank you, Councilor McGee, for bringing this forward. I'm proud to co-sponsor it along with you uh, and hope that this council can unanimously support it. Thank you, Councilor Travers. We'll go. What a sad excuse for a man. I feel sorry for his children. So he wants to have Christopher Felker and Kevin Hurley prosecuted for stickering. And then he turns right around and admits that he knows that this is First Amendment protected speech. He makes no mention at all of the stickers that he knows exist, which say, kill turfs, go die Felker, and turf blood is yummy. He knows this exists. He doesn't care. I can only conclude that he likes those stickers and that he approves of their sentiment and he would like to see that sentiment put into practical action. I think he would like to see us physically and legally assaulted. Yes, I do. He'd like to punish us, not the actually violent people on his side. Councillor Travers, we're not going to stop. We're not afraid of you. I mean, look at you. We will exercise our constitutional rights, whether you like it or not. Go ahead. I dare you to arrest one of us. Maybe I'll choose to go out and sticker. Maybe I'll record it. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Try it. Because if you do, you will not have a single work day of peace and quiet, because I'll make sure you don't. You arrest us, try to prosecute us, you try to write a bill of attainder about our speech, we will take you through the legal system all the way to the top if we have to. You won't have a moment's rest. But you know what? I don't think you will, because you don't have the balls. I do. Finally, we have Mayor Moreau Weinberger speaking of sad excuses for men. Mr. Weinberger knows full well that our side is being targeted with actual violent threats, unlike what we're doing. He knows that Fred Sargent was assaulted at Pride 
I know that he knows this because it would be implausible for him not to. But I also know because I was sitting at a table with him at a bagel cafe several months ago with Christopher Felker and we played him the tape and I looked directly in his eyes and spoke to him. There wasn't anything there, of course. Here he is. Thank you, President Paul. Um, <clears throat> I, too, want to thank uh, Councillor McGee for bringing this uh, resolution forward and uh, so many councillors for, for co-sponsoring <clears throat> co it and hope we'll have uh, unanimous support tonight. Um, I will uh, be enthusiastically signing this resolution. It's, I appreciate uh, the work, the opportunity to give um, some input into the resolution to Councillor McGee um, in the lead up to tonight and then um, a couple of uh, large meetings that we have had um, uh, with Councillor McGee and others uh, over the last several months. Um, and then once it's signed, my administration will be working hard to implement it and, and make sure that everything in this, the numerous items are, that require uh, city action are carried out. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank the, everyone who came out tonight to support the resolution and who has been working um, for a long time to uh, remove the stickers and take, take other actions to uh, make sure that everyone in this community feels welcome and uh, included. And I want to specifically thank Olivia for her work. And I also want to thank um, the, the numerous city staff in the Parks Department and the Traffic Department who have also worked to remove um, stickers. <clears throat> these um, these anti-trans stickers and demonst recent demonstrations are aimed at making members of our community feel unwelcome and unsafe and are unacceptable. These actions are especially problematic and cruel in that they have been aimed at Burlington children and in that they come at a time of increasing terrible anti-trans rhetoric, policy, and violence nationally and even here in Vermont. <clears throat> the administration will continue working with our community and the council to make clear that Burlington loves and values our queer and trans community members. We are standing with the many Burlingtonians who through their actions and with their voices are creating belonging and safety for their LBGTQIA plus neighbors. This is the spirit of Burlington that I want people to see and know. It has been heartwarming tonight to hear so many of you come out and talk about Burlington as a safe harbor, as a place that is a place, a city that has had particular significance um, and importance in your lives, and we've got to work hard to keep it that way. So together, we will continue working to, keep, to ensure that every person who lives in and visits our city feels safe and welcome. Thank you. Who hurt you, Moreau? Who gelded you? You simpering prick. Well, he got the unanimous support he was hoping for. They passed the resolution unanimously, and as expected, Moreau took the opportunity to congratulate himself on social media with an announcement in which the headline uses an anti-gay slur. It's on your screen. In the office of Mayor Moreau Weinberger, Burlington loves and values our queer and trans community. Yeah. What's next, Moreau? Will we be your faggot community next year? 
What other slurs do you have up your sleeve? It took me a while to figure out how to present this. I thank you, all, all of you, for listening to this. I know it's long. I know it's focused on one thing, but I thought it was important. And I want to remind you that if you are not checking on what your local government is doing, if you live in a blue or Democrat area, it would really be in your best interest to do so right now. Burlington, Vermont is not unique. There's a reason I call it Little Seattle. These liberal, deranged politics have spread everywhere in the country. California was the first state to put it in a trans sanctuary law in place that allows the abduction and eventual mutilation of children in violation of Article 4 of the Constitution because it tells the California courts and cops not to cooperate with custody or court orders from out-of-state jurisdictions. Then Vermont outdid them um, with with their own bill. It hasn't passed yet, but it certainly will be. And our feckless Republican in name only Governor Phil Scott will absolutely sign this bill. Just this past week in Minnesota, the very same bill was passed and signed into law. The language is identical in many of these passages. This is a coordinated effort. It is going on in your area. But the thing I want to end on, I want to appeal directly to every person who spoke at this meeting, who considers themselves gay, trans, some other kind of sexual or gender minority. When the political tables turn, and they will, they always do, who will you go to? for help, for succor? Who will you go to that you think will stand up for your rights? Because the backlash is coming. It's happening now. Unfortunately, it's happening to me too. That's the one way that you and I, even though I want nothing to do with you, we do actually share this in common. All of us, I'm gay, you're something else. All of us are going to suffer the backlash because of your actions, what you're provoking. People are getting pushed to the absolute limit, and it's going to get ugly. Who will you turn to? Who do you think will help you? It won't be the city council. These people will drop you like a hot potato, just like they do every other political interest group when they go out of vogue. Do you know who you can turn to? You can turn to people like us, people like me, people like Kevin, people like Christopher, people like Brent. I don't like you. In fact, some of you I outright despise. I have no respect for you. I think you are disgusting. I think you are narcissistic and you are abusers. But I know that you're also brainwashed. I know that you're in a cult. I was never in the cult as deep as you were, but I was in the cult you were in. And I know that you have the capacity to come out of it. And I know that some of you will. No matter what I think about you, no matter how angry people like us are at what you're doing to us, if I saw somebody threatening you on the street, 
if I saw somebody screaming at you, if I thought some bigot was gonna come along and hurt you, I would bodily put myself in front of that person to protect you because it's the right thing to do. We may not be nice, but we are in actual fact caring. We are the ones who will tell you the truth, even if it hurts. Good night.